book of Zechariah. <coughs> Zechariah. You may need your concordance, your index for that. Zechariah. It's toward the end of the Old Testament. If you get to the end of the Old Testament, head back toward the front just a little bit and you'll get there. Zephaniah, Haggai, Zechariah, Malachi. Zechariah chapter number 7. Thank you for your ministry this morning in the church. To be perfectly honest with you, several times in the service, the Lord has brought me to the point of tears of joy as I contemplated truth. I trust that he has, if you were listening, he has taken there, you there as well. Uh, we have much to rejoice in as his children. And I trust that you are paying attention and allowing the Spirit of God to bless you uh, throughout the service. If you've got your hand in Zechariah 7, then you might stick your note card in Hebrews chapter number 1, because we're going to be there as well. Zechariah chapter number 7, and Hebrews chapter number 1. Here we go, Zechariah chapter number 7. And it came to pass in the fourth year of King Darius that the word of the Lord came unto Zechariah in the fourth day of the ninth month, even in Chislu. When they had sent unto the house of God, Shezar and Remgelmeth and their men to pray before the Lord, and to speak unto the priests which were in the house of the Lord of hosts, and to the prophets, saying, should I weep in the fifth month, separating myself, as I've done these so many years? Then came the word of the Lord of hosts unto me, saying, Speak unto all the people of the land, and to the priests, saying, When ye fasted and mourned in the fifth and seventh month, even those seventy years, did ye at all fast unto me, even unto me? And when ye did eat, and when ye did drink, did ye not eat for yourselves and drink for yourselves? Should ye not hear the words which the Lord cried, the Lord hath cried by the former prophets when Jerusalem was inhabited in prosperity, and the cities thereof round about her, when men inhabited the south and the plain? And the word of the Lord came to Zechariah, saying, Thus speaketh the Lord of hosts, saying, Execute true judgment. Show mercy and compassion every man to his brother, and oppress not the widow, and the fatherless, and the stranger, nor the poor, and let none of your let none of you imagine evil against his brother in your heart. But they refused to hearken and pulled away the shoulder and stopped their ears that they should not hear. Yea, they made their hearts as an adamant stone, lest they should hear the law and the words which the Lord of hosts had sent in his spirit by the former prophets. Therefore came a great wrath from the Lord of hosts. Therefore it has come to pass that as he cried and they would not hear, so they cried, and I would not hear, said the Lord of hosts. But I scattered them with a whirlwind among the nations whom they knew not. The land was desolate after them that no man passed through nor returned, for they laid the pleasant land desolate. Then if you would turn it back to Hebrews. Chapter number 1. Verse number one, <clears throat> God, 
who at sundry times and in diverse manners spake in the time past unto the fathers by the prophets, hath in these last days spoken unto us by his Son, whom he hath appointed heir of all things, by whom also he made the worlds. There is an old philosophical question. I do not know where it originated, but the quotation is, if a tree falls in the forest and no one is around, does it make a sound? I don't know what the original intent was for that question, but it does point out the relationship between a sound being made and a sound being heard. Why make a sound if nobody is listening? And why have the ability to hear if there is nothing to hear? We want to explore that this morning. The title of the message is The Speaking Voice and the Listening Ear. The Speaking Voice and the Listening Ear. Let's pray. Father, if we had eternity to do it, and we had all of the brain power on the planet to make it happen, we could still not move one millimeter forward in our walk with Thee. For we have no power. We have no understanding. We have no strength in and of ourselves. But Father, if by Your Spirit you would take hold of us. You could move us way down the road. You could conform us to the image of your dear son. You could draw our hearts to you. We thank you for what you've already done in the service. And we ask that you would continue that work in these next few moments. Use your word by your spirit to reach our hearts. For we ask this in the precious name of Jesus Christ. Amen. In our passage in Zechariah, as I understand it, some of the Jews who had been in exile were allowed to return to Israel to rebuild Jerusalem. So they'd been in exile for 70 years. They come back to Israel to rebuild Jerusalem, and they come to the Lord and say, Do you want us to keep mourning and fasting? on the fifth month, like we did for the 70 years we were out in exile. And the Lord says, I'll paraphrase, when you were fasting there, did you really, were you really doing that for me? And when you were eating, were you really not just doing that for yourselves anyway? And then he says something basically like this, don't you think you should have listened to what I said before you were taken captive? What I told you before you were taken captive is to execute true judgment, to show mercy and compassion on your brothers, to not oppress the widows and the orphans and the foreigners and the poor, and to quit thinking evil in your heart about those around you. That's what I told you before you were taken away. Don't you think you should have went back to that? Don't you think that's the better question? Continue on, look at verse number 11. But they refused to hearken and pulled away the shoulder and stopped their ears that they should not hear. Yea, they made their hearts as an adamant stone, 
lest they should hear the law and the words which the Lord of hosts had sent in his spirit by the former prophets. Therefore came a great wrath from the Lord of hosts. Therefore it has come to pass that as he cried, they would not hear. So they cried, and I would not hear, said the Lord of hosts. But I scattered them with a whirlwind among the nations whom they knew not. Thus the land was desolate after them that no man passed through nor returned. For they laid the pleasant land desolate. Let's work through in a practical, usable progression of thought here on this whole issue. Our title is The Speaking Voice in the Listening Ear. So let's work through this practically and step-by-step, progressively and usably. So number one, if you keep notes, number one, God speaks. God speaks. You know, this is one of the great unanswered questions of the world. It is something that remains a mystery to us. Why would God himself choose to communicate with the likes of us? That is a good question. Why would the creator God of the universe, when we know who he is, why would he choose to communicate with us? Why would he stoop down and give us even the time of day? You know what I mean? Why would he even give us the time of day? Detractors and unbelievers ask this question. Why would it, that's, why, that's one of the things they try to tell us why there's no God. Why would he do such a thing? Well, you know, we don't really have a good answer for them. But we can say, categorically, we don't know why, but he did. God speaks. God has communicated. He is a communicator. And the fact still remains, although we don't know what, necessarily why he did it and can't explain that, the fact of the matter is he chose to do so. God is a communicator. He speaks. In Genesis chapter number 1, verse number 3, we find God speaking. And he has not ceased to do so. The fact is, God has spoken, God is speaking, and God will speak. In the past, God spoke personally to people. He spoke through his prophets. He has spoken through his word. And he spoke through his son. Today, he is still speaking. Although he is not giving any new revelation, he is still sending truth throughout the world by men. He is still speaking through his word. He is still speaking through his son. And by his spirit, he is still speaking personally in the hearts of men. I hope you understand this. God is still speaking. My heart rejoiced this week and a lot of different things, but in this specifically. Carol was in a difficult, confusing, jumbled situation this week. And we discussed it on the way into church to work here one day, and she, it was a confusing mess. And we were both trying to figure out what's the way to go here. And it was just so jumbled. And there was no real clear, you know, this, whatever path you take looks like a mess. And so when we got here, I said to her, you know what? I think you're just going to need to spend some time on your face before God with this. And she says, I know, and that's what I'm going to do. So I left. When I came back 45 minutes later, she was sitting at peace at her desk, 
with a typewritten document already typed about three or four sentences long. And she handed me this piece of paper and I read through it and it absolutely positively answered everything exactly the way it ought to have been. <laughs> I was just totally amazed. Why? What is that? It is God speaking both peace and direction in a heart. My friend, we have a God who speaks. He has spoken and is still speaking. He's not giving new revelations, but he is still speaking and giving direction and help and peace and compassion and all these things in our lives. God is still speaking. But he's not done speaking. He will also speak in the future. In John 5, 22, the Lord Jesus says, The Father judgeth no man, but hath committed all judgment to, unto the Son, that all men should honor the Son, even as they honor the Father. He that honoreth not the Son honoreth not the Father which has sent him. And Revelation 22, 12 says, And behold, I come quickly, and my reward is with me to be given every man according to his work shall be. God is not done speaking. He has more to say. Jesus Christ will sit in judgment. And in the future, God will have something to say about you. Specifically, to you and about you. He may say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. He may say, thou wicked and slothful servant. He may say, depart from me, ye cursed into everlasting fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. But my friend, God is not done speaking. He will sit in judgment and speak to you and about you specifically. God speaks. He has spoken, he is speaking, and he will speak. Number two, God can make himself heard. God can make himself heard. Did you know that volume is not the only way to be heard? Many, many years ago, and I'll scan the crowd real quick. It is possible that some of you were on this trip with me. I took a trip to junior camp. It's been quite a few years ago now. I took a group to junior camp at the ranch. And on the way down, we stopped at a church. At that point, it was a very well-known church. And we stopped there for junior church, for church. But we had all junior, so we went to junior church. It was the most ridiculous thing I have ever actually been involved in. We sat down, it was in the gymnasium, and it was complete pandemonium, if you know, if you know what that word means. The kids were running everywhere. They were jumping off the chairs. There's probably 100, 150 kids. They were running around this place like maniacs. Yelling. This is while junior church is going on. That's not before junior church. This is during junior church. There was a kid who was, I'm a visitor there. I've got a whole row of visitors, and they're all sitting politely. All of our kids were sitting politely, wondering, what in the world are we sitting in? 
there's somebody who actually worked in the junior church sitting behind me with a kid. And that kid kept hitting me in the head. <laughs> the first time I ignored it. The second time I kind of did one of those numbers. The third time he hit me in the head, I turned around and said, you do that one more time and you're going to wish you had never done that. And the worker's eyes got about this big. She didn't correct him. She just moved him. Now, all the time, this poor guy in the front is trying to teach a Bible story. They have got the volume on this thing cranked as high as it will go. And this man is literally screaming in a microphone, trying to be heard. And all the kids were doing is just matching pitch. Have you ever tried to match pitch with kids? It is an impossibility. The kids can outscream you any day of the week. And so here's this raucous noise, rah, like that. And this poor guy in the front is trying to be heard at the top of his voice and cannot be heard. He could not make himself be heard. You have to understand, volume is not the only way to be heard. When the kids were little, we would go be shopping at Walmart. You know the typical Walmart mom who is disciplining their kids so the whole store can hear? Not discipline, that was the wrong word. They're yelling, you do that one more time, and I'm going to. You understand what, how many have been involved with this? You didn't mean to be, but you are involved. The whole store is, this lady, you can hear her clear across the other room for a half hour. You do that one more. How many one more times do you get? That's what you want to walk up to. How many more one times? And this kid is still doing the same thing, same thing, same thing, and the pitch just gets louder, and the whole store is hearing this whole menagerie. What I used to do is I'd lean down, if the kids were starting to misbehave, I'd lean down into their ear like this, and I'd just say, would you like trouble in your life? <laughs> they would go stiff as a poker. <laughs> what that meant was, if I don't shape up, it's going to get real loud around here. That's what that meant. You see, being loud is not the only way to be heard. You know what I have found? I have found that God doesn't start when he speaks. He does not start by screaming at you. Nor does he start by whispering threats as it were, in your ear. What God starts when he speaks, he speaks with love, he speaks with kindness, compassion, mercy, and forgiveness. He speaks that into our heart. And what I have found is that this is so kind and so mild, it is easy to get the impression that this is how God all he's got. It's easy to fall into the thing like, well, this is as loud as this is all he, everything he's going to give me. He's speaking into my heart with all this love and compassion and kindness, and so if I just ignore him, this is all he's going to be able to say. I can drown this out. It's easy to get the impression that God can be put off and ignored. And I'm asking you to not make that mistake. I'm telling you right now, God can make himself heard. You know, God sent Noah 
to preach for 120 years. And all those people standing around there found it very easy to turn Noah off, to shut him out so they didn't have to hear. And God spoke like that for 120 years. But you know what? When the rain started falling, they were getting a very clear, unignorable message. God has the ability to make himself heard. He sends Mo Moses to the children of Israel in Egypt. And Moses goes to Pharaoh and the words from God were, Let my people go. And Pharaoh found that very simple to just push that aside. Who is the Lord God that I should serve him? Ten plagues later, the children of Israel walk out of Egypt, cross the Red Sea, and when you look over your shoulder, Egypt is totally and completely devastated. The world power at the time is gone. I'm telling you, God has the ability to speak and be heard. When he wants to be heard, he will be heard. The people at the Tower of Babel found it easy to ignore God. But when he decided to let them really hear, he confused the languages. And we are still trying to recover from that today, 6,000 years later. We have still not recovered from that one time he let men hear what he wanted to say. I am telling you now, God is able to make himself heard. Jonah, God speaks softly to him. It says, go to Nineveh. Jonah found that easy to ignore. God speaks a little louder with a storm. And Jonah still ignores and then he speaks with three days and three nights in the belly of a whale. And you know what? Jonah's listening now. But think about his message. His message is, to Nineveh, I am going to destroy you. So Jonah goes and preaches at Nineveh. A simple message. And what do the people do? They listen. They didn't have to get the loud noise. You know what? They didn't see destruction. Because they chose to listen when God was speaking softly. My friend, God speaks. And he can make himself heard. Number three. You can choose to listen. God speaks. He can make himself heard. But you can choose to listen. You know, without a doubt, being able to listen to God is the greatest benefit that man has on planet Earth. It is our greatest benefit to be able to listen to God. He speaks love and compassion and forgiveness and mercy and truth and instruction and wisdom and blessing into our lives, and we can hear him and respond. What more can you want than that? What greater benefit that can you think of in your life than to have the God himself speak love and kindness and mercy and grace and truth and forgiveness and instruction into your heart? It is like the greatest benefit. You couldn't even dream of something so good. This is what you have. You can choose to listen. If you look through Scripture, you'll find the blessings poured into the lives of the people who chose to listen. If you continue after, for the 2,000 years after the history of the scriptures, 
you'll find those blessings have continued and those who listen to God speaking and to listen to his speaking voice were blessed and have been blessed down through history. And I dare say that a lion's share of the people in this room can say, you know what? When I listened to God, the blessings just poured all over me. I lived, when I was listening to what he was saying, I found myself full of peace and love and joy and comfort and instruction. I was blessed as I listened to his voice. Amen. Almost a dozen times it's recorded, he that hath ears to hear, let him hear. What does that mean? It means that God is speaking and you can choose to listen or not. God speaks. God can make himself heard. You can choose to listen. Number four, you can choose to ignore. You can choose to ignore. Since listening is a choice, you can choose to ignore. I have an office at home. The reality is almost all of my studying and almost exclusively my sermon and lesson preparation is done at home. I have an office specifically set up to do that. There is one problem, however. My, one of my office walls is also the wall of the living room. And the TV in the living room is on the wall that's my office wall. And sometimes, Carol, when I'm studying, Carol is watching TV. <laughs> I keep hearing something behind me. <laughs> You're fine. You're fine. I was hearing something behind me, so it's dumb. I'm more nervous about something back there than something out here. There's this wall, and Carol is on the other side of it, and sometimes she's watching television, or she is talking, FaceTiming with the girls. You all are familiar with that. My wife does a lot of that with the kids. We have literally watched the kid grow up, Sierra. We've watched her grow up, I mean, play by play, because Carol is FaceTiming. You can watch her grow if you just watch all of Carol's FaceTime. Anyway, she's over there talking. I'm in my office. And you know what? Love her as I do, and I'm not part of the conversation. It's distracting. I'm trying to study, and she's got the TV playing, or she's out there talking with the kids. I found a solution. Shut up! <laughs> if any of you believe that, you haven't been married very long. <laughs> I found a solution. I got a fan, just a little fan. I plug it in there, and depending on what she's doing and how she's talking, I have low, medium, and high. <laughs> and the rattling of that fan, the, the humming, whirring of that fan, drowns out whatever noises are on the other side of that wall. And so I can concentrate entirely because I'm hearing this white noise, is what they call that. I'm hearing this white noise that my mind filters out so it doesn't affect me at all. I think you all can understand that. And right there is exactly what the average Christian does with God. God is speaking. 
And so we, because we don't want to hear what he has to say. We don't want him speaking that particular truth into our heart at this moment. We are not wanting him to tell us that what we are doing is not what we ought to be doing. And therefore, we try to drown him out. The noise from, comes from all kinds of things that we add into our life. But we use it so that we will not have to listen to that still, small voice. We will not have to hear that, have that be still and know that I am God. It is not a very difficult thing to do. And unfortunately, many of God's people, even at this moment, are doing that thing. They are filling their lives full of stuff that makes enough noise that they do not have to hear him speak. But let me ask you a very simple and direct question. Do you really want God to have to speak loud enough to be heard? Do you really want him to force him to have to do that? At this moment, he is speaking in love and kindness in your heart, and you're turning up the fan. We know from history that he has the ability to be heard in your life. Do you really want him to do that? Do you really want to force it to go to that level? Can you name one time in all of human history where that worked out well for anybody? Where you forced God to ratchet it up a notch so that you would hear him, his voice. It has never worked. It's never going to work. It's never going to be the best for you to do so. You have the cho choice to ignore God. I'm not suggesting that you take it. God speaks. He can speak loud enough to be heard. You can choose to listen. You can choose to ignore. Number five, selective hearing is not an option. Selective hearing is not an option. I will try to kick it into a little higher gear here, but we are going to run just a little bit late this morning. Selective hearing is not an option. The Vander Hart clan had a get-together at my brother Steve's this week. They had, his wife Kitty had bought a video projection unit for outside so they could watch a DVD uh, as a family outside, you know, and they bought one of the big screen things out there. Well, come to find out when we got it all said and done, we were missing the cable that we needed. And so when you plugged the one in, you could, it was only sending sound out of one side of the, the player. You have your red and your white, if you guys are, know about this, that's two different sides, that's stereo. And it was only sending sound out of one side, the, 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 the speakers were only getting one side. So if you watched the movie, the people who were on the left were speaking. The people on the right were just moving their mouth. <laughs> well, okay, this cannot be. And so we had a knife and some extra cords, and so we did some MacGyver-type stuff and 
finagled the thing back to where we hotwired it to where it would actually, we could hear both sides of the sound. But you all of us understand not hearing the half, but you know, this is what the average Christian wants to do with God. We want God to speak into our hearts love and joy and peace and all these good things and the instructions that we need about the problem that we actually have that we can't figure out. But let's shut off the other channel. We don't want to hear any of this commandment stuff. We don't want to hear any of this is not supposed to be in your life. We do not want to hear what God says about sin, righteousness, and judgment. We want to selectively hear this. Do you want to expect that to work? Suppose you had a child, and every time he's up in his room, and every time you call for him to come and take out the trash or to clean up his room or to do some chore around the house, he just cannot hear you. But when you say, hey, it's time for supper, or hey, anybody want some ice cream, or let's all go to Adventureland, he's the first one in line. Now, would you let that stand? Would that be acceptable behavior, something that you would say, if you're saying, well, maybe you need a lot, you got a lot to learn, <laughs> a lot to learn, all right? It ain't going to fly, Orville. You cannot let your child have selective hearing. Do you honestly think that God is going to let you, he's going to speak all this love, joy, peace in your heart while you're ignoring the entire other channel, it's not going to happen. Amen. This is why the average Christian does not have love, joy, and peace in their heart. Because they unplug the cable. And they're not listening. If they would listen to God speaking the commands in their life, they would also find that he's speaking love, joy, and peace. But he does not allow selective hearing. He speaks, and he speaks that you can hear him, but he does not allow you to choose and pick and choose what you are going to hear. God speaks, and we are to listen. Now, a legitimate question, so if we've come this far, what will I hear if I listen? If you listen to God, what are you going to hear? Why should I try to listen? What am I going to hear if I listen? That's a legitimate question. Let me see if I can answer this very quickly here. For all practical purposes, God has been saying the same thing. No matter where and how he speaks, God, whether he speaks directly, whether he speaks by his prophets, by his word, or by his son, God is actually saying, if we would analyze all the prophets, if we would analyze all this, if we'd sit here this morning and read cover to cover, take us a couple of, probably a week, to read for the whole Bible, and we took notes all the, through the whole Bible, read it cover to cover, if we took all of that and tried to sum up what is God saying, we, the, it would all be the same thing, but it might be easiest for us and quicker for us to sum up what he's saying by looking at his son. Because he says the same thing. That's what he's always saying the same thing. Look at Hebrews 12. We've got to rush here. Hebrews, 12, Hebrews chapter number 1. 
God, who at sundry times and in divers manners spake in time past unto the fathers by the prophets, hath in these last days spoken unto us by his Son, whom he hath appointed heir of all things, by whom also he made the worlds. Now, God spoke to us by his Son. Now, if we would carefully study the life of Christ, we would discover three distinct things, that messages that God communicates to us through his Son. What is God trying to tell us? These are all the same message that the prophets gave us, the same message that the entire Bible is giving us, is given to us through his Son. What message, if I listen to God, what am I going to hear? We can sum it up in three things. Number one, God hates sin. If you want to hear what God's going to say, this is one of the things he's going to say. He hates sin. This message comes through loud and clear through his son. Consider the life of Christ. He never participated in any kind of sin. He never excused or condoned sin in any form. He spoke very harshly about sin. He spoke more harshly about sin than the Old Testament and the Ten Commandments. The law said, thou shalt not kill. Christ said, you can't even hate. The law says, thou shalt not commit adultery. And Christ said, you can't even look inappropriately. Christ did not just condemn the outward form of sin, but the inward's heart where it originated. He was very clear in his facts, God hates sin. In, our, in the Garden of Gethsemane, where his sin was being, our sin, sorry, say that again so I'm not misunderstood. In the Garden of Gethsemane, where our sin was placed on him. What did he do? Sweat great drops of blood. Why? Because God hates sin. And when our sin is on Jesus Christ, God the Father turns his back on his own son and puts him to death. You can mark it down. God hates sin. He hasn't changed his mind about it. He isn't saying anything different about it. He hated sin then and he hates it now. You cannot misconstrue his words. If you excuse sin, then you are not hearing the message of his son. If you are not hearing the fact that God hates sin, then you are not listening to him. And the voice you are not hearing is not his. For God hates sin. What do you hear? Letter number, letter A, whatever you want to say, that God hates sin. Letter B, here's an unmistakable message. God loves you. God loves you. Try to understand that, that love, the God, love that God has for you, and you won't be able to understand it. You think about it, you know that he does, but you can't figure out why. There is no explanation for this. Why would God love me? You cannot answer that. But the fact is clear, God does love you. He made it extremely clear. God loves you, plain and simple. Look at Christ on the cross, dying for your sin in an awful, brutal way. Can you give any reason other than the love of God for that event? What is Christ doing on the cross with your sin if he does not love you? Why else would he do this? There is no other reason God loves you is the reason he went to the cross. He not only said it over and over again, but he demonstrated it in the deepest fashion. If you listen to what God is saying, you will hear unmistakably, I love you. 
You will hear God hates sin. You will hear that God loves you. And Number three or letter C, Christ is the pattern for us. That's what you'll hear. If you read the entire Bible, these are one of the three things you're going to understand. If you, if you listen to the prophets, it's what you're going to understand. If you look at the life of Christ, this is what you're, the message you hear. God hates sin, God loves you, and Christ is the pattern for you. God did not just pay the sin's price so that you could live just any old way that you wanted to on earth. His message to you is that Christ is the pattern and you are supposed to follow it. You know what? This is one of the telltale signs whether you're listening to God or not. This will tell you whether you're, if you're listening and hearing the voice of God or not. If you are being conformed to the image of Christ, that's what he's going to say to you. That's the message you're going to hear is Christ is the pattern. If you're not being conformed, then you're not listening. You're not hearing the voice because that's what he says. I teach a Bible class in the academy, and while I was preparing for this, this last week, a picture came into my mind. Let me see if I can give you this picture very quickly, because I think it really helps. I think if you will, we'll just say this pulpit is a dividing line. On this side is God's side, on that side is the world's. And think of this pulpit as a fence. Now, the reality is the average Christian in this world does not want to be standing on this side of the fence. That's where the unsaved people stand, right? And everybody, nobody wants to be standing where, you're on your way to hell here, nobody wants to be standing here. So we want to be standing on this side of the fence, on God's side. But the average Christian stands on this side and reaches like this. Reaching for all that they can get of the world. That's what they want. What can I get out of this life for me? And here's the real sad thing. If you analyze the prayers of God's people, what you find that the average Christian is praying for is longer arms. So that I can reach farther over there. And you've you got to know what that does to God. It makes my stomach sick to think that that's what I would do. But when you hear the speaking voice of God... He's going to say, turn around, and right there's your pattern, Jesus Christ. And let's work for that. This is where all the blessings and all the benefits of life comes, when you conform to the image of Jesus Christ. You ought to throw that away. There's nothing over there that you want and head for Christ. That's what the speaking voice will tell you if you heard it. The voice of God is clear as it speaks. Through every way that he's chosen, God hates sin, God loves you, and your pattern is Jesus Christ. God speaks. He can make himself heard. You can choose to listen, you can choose to ignore, but selective hearing is not an option. And when you hear, you're going to hear God say that he hates sin that he loves you, and that Christ is your pattern. Where there is a speaking voice, there ought to be a listening ear. Let's pray.